0: I'd like to encourage you for this next year, for every one of us to, to read our Bibles completely through throughout the year, start in Genesis in January and read all the way through to Revelations in December. I, I think that it's important for a Christian to read uh, the Bible. And the Bible says, as, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. God doesn't tell us how much we have to grow, but he does tell us we have to grow. Uh, everybody grows differently. I understand that everybody goes through things differently we uh, every one of us got children had children and and we can't judge one child from another child because our child's not the same uh some learn to speak earlier, some learn to walk earlier and uh and but uh it shouldn't. Defer the fact that God doesn't look at us differently because some learn to walk later and, and talk later. So uh, we, we need to uh, read the Bible, the Word of God, that we may grow, that we may grow. And we grow different spiritually, too. We grow different spiritually. And, but God has not put us on a timetable for us to grow. I know he's dealt with me a lot of things and things I should have been done, but I haven't done God never said grow up because he always wants us to grow. There's no Christian that said, I've grown up, I've achieved, I've arrived, I haven't been there. He just said grow. And he said you learn of him that you grow by him. And we can't do it unless we read the word of God. I encourage you for this coming year that you played a, a important role. Uh, uh, Part of your life that you set aside the time at your your Bible reading time that you get into the Word of God and you read it, but uh, it helps us. Now, many of us have failed God this past year. Many of us haven't read the Bible like we should have this past year. Amen. Amen. We haven't we haven't done what we should have done, but we we've done that. But I want to remind you. It's at the end of the book of Revelations. I, lo- I love the book of Revelation. I love chapter twenty-one of Revelations. I really do. Uh, let me say this: for you. it gets good at the end. It gets real good at the end. You know that as Christians, we have a lot of struggles in the year two thousand and twenty. We've we've facing difficult times it's not been a good year it's not been a good year and i believe uh i'm ready for 2021 and see what it holds for us as christians and where we go in our lives and how we uh get with that but i'm looking forward to 2021 and see what lies in 2021 but in revelations chapter 20 let me read this and uh Give you my little thought tonight it might help you. Revelation chapter twenty and verse eleven, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, where whom's face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever's name was not found in the written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire god gives us a picture here of hell chapter 21 verse 1 and i saw a new heaven and you were, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw John, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from, out, from God out of the heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them them and be their god and, and a wonderful thought there god himself will be there with us that we're going to be able to see god face to face and god has wiped away all away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither no more sorrow no more crying neither shall there be any more pain no more the former things have passed away i love that Boy, just think about that no more pain you not you get you don't have to worry about this aching body anymore the hurting body no more and he that sat upon a throne, and behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these things are true and faithful. I love that. Underline that. Right, for these things are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give unto thee that at thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Here God gives us a a picture of hell in chapter 20, but in uh, uh, in chapter 21 God gives us a, a picture of heaven. The choice is ours. You've got to make the choice, and God has given us a choice here. And we see us at the end. God is speaking to us, the Christians. We start out in the book in Genesis. We start out in Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth, and we read throughout the Bible. And there are a lot of ups and downs in the Bible. We've gone through them, but God puts everything very plain and clear in our lives. When we get to Revelations, we see the end. We see that what's going, to going on to be like in that wonderful thought of in heaven. Look at Revelations chapter 22 for me this night. Revelations chapter 22. I'm going to get my thought from this tonight and we'll go home. It's very important to us to know that heaven is not only a destination. We all know that we're going there. But it also should be a motivation for every one of us. I want you to think about that. Heaven is just not a destination that we're all going to as Christians, but it ought to motivate us to do some things in our life. It ought to motivate you. When you think about heaven and you hear the songs that are sung about heaven, it ought to motivate you. It ought to motivate you to live for God. If it doesn't motivate you to keep on keeping on, if it doesn't motivate you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see my loved ones, my my grandparents, my my uh, grandchildren, my my friends, and those that have uh, gone on to be with the Lord. If it, that doesn't motivate you, then you ought to get a checkup. When you think about heaven, and it should motivate you. That that is why God tells us about it. We read in uh, chapter twenty one about hell, and then chapter, uh, about heaven, and God gives motivation. But here in chapter 22, God brings it all back to reality. And He gives us some things that we are at the end of the year, and we, we read our Bible through, and we're motivate motivated. In chapter 22, verse number 1, And He showed me a pure river of water, life, crisp, clear as crystal, uh, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. In the midst of the street it it was on either side, the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit and, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were as of the healing for the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no more night... I love that. There no <laughs> There's no more night. There's no more night. And they have no need of candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. That's, that's the motivation for every one of us. We, we get to thinking about heaven, what God has prepared for us, what God has adorned for us, and, and we get to thinking of it. That ought to just motivate us to say, hey, I, I, I'm just going to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. And, but it ought to motivate you to feel several different things, I want to tell you tonight. In verse number 6, God brings us back to reality. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Verse 6, we see there what's going to happen. Our motivation on why we're going to heaven. Uh, have you ever taken a trip? Have you ever went on a trip? Now, I've, I've took a lot of trips. And most time our trips were 12 or 13 hour plane flights or 24 hour car trip. You take kids with you on a trip and you get this, are we there yet? How much longer do we have to go? And you, you start out, we usually start our trips out at midnight. At, I don't know why we did this, but we did. We start at midnight. The kids are good for the first six hours because they're asleep. But when they wake up, are we there yet? How much longer are we going to be there? You've got a 24 to 28-hour drive. It's hard to entertain kids for that long time. And we, we get, we've done things, we say, well, when, think about it, when you get there, uh, you got food, you got families, you got friends you haven't seen in a long time. Uh, and, and try to get them thinking about it. And what God is trying to do, get us to do, we think about what heaven's got for us. It ought to motivate our life to be something that God can use to bring us about. Say, hey, uh, I, uh, there's something in heaven for you. There, Every one of us got someone that we know that love that is in heaven waiting for us. So that ought to motivate us to get closer to God. So what if God is trying to motivate us, what is he trying to motivate us in it? When we read chapter 22, it ought to motivate us to keep the word of God. And he said unto me, these things are faithful and true. Now I think about what he's talking about, what he had just said about heaven. They are faithful and true. And he's speaking about the book of Revelations that is faithful and true. But I, I believe he's talking about everything that he has written in the book is faithful and true from Genesis to Revelation. He says, All these are faithful or true. But it amazing to me God puts this book at the end. I, I think he's speaking about write these words for they're faithful and true. He's talking about the entire Bible. From the first chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelation, my words are faithful and true. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe his words are faithful and true? And heaven ought to be a a motivation uh, uh, to live for God, to keep God's word. But this book goes against a lot of things the philosophy of the world today. It goes against a lot what a lot of people think today. The way they, we should live and the way they should live. And it goes about uh, against a lot of things that we see this happen in this world. But this book, if we got this book in our life and we live by this book, it ought to motivate you to keep God's word when the world don't want you to keep the word of God. He said unto me these things are faithful and true and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show him unto the servants these things which must shortly be done. Behold I come quickly. Blessed is he, he that keepeth the sayings of the prophesied book. He's telling us we ought to keep what is written in the book. We ought to take this book and apply it to our lives, and you ought to keep what's written in the book. When the book tells us it's right, then do it. When the book tells us you should not do it, you should not be doing it. We ought to keep this book. There's the people in our histories uh, that gave their lives for us to hold this book in our hands tonight. We ought to be faithful to keep the Word of God. Listen, I, I don't take it lightly when they try to change the Word of God. I don't, I don't take it lightly when they try to downplay the Word of God. Because heaven is real, heaven is true, and I, don't want, I want to keep the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God tells me to do, that's what I want. It ought to motivate me, and heaven ought to motivate me to keep the Word of God in my life to set my sights on heaven today. Verse 8, we ought to worship God. He said, and I saw John these things and heard them, and when I heard him, they seen I fell down to worship before the feet of the angels and showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do see thou do it not for I And thy fellow servant, or thy brethren, or the prophets, or them that which keepeth the sayings of this book, worship God. He said, there, There's many people today who have false doctrines in their life. There are many people that worship false angels today. They're false doctrines, and they start worshiping something other than God. We see it today in our, in our society. We talked about it this morning in churches, some of their churches, they're worshiping false things. But, but in verse 10, he said, said, Unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of the book, for the time is at I I believe the time is at hand that you and I need to take this Word of God and look at the Word of God and look at the things that's happening in this world and say, wait a minute, something's not mirroring up. Something's not mirroring up. Uh, If it's going against the Word of God, we know this world is against the Word of God, then we ought to be against the things of this world because the Word of God tells us that we ought to keep the Word of God. God has made it understandable, He's made it clear, and He's made it plain. And I know there are some parts that when you read, it just, you just look at it and go, oh, my, my. You open a book and you don't understand. I, I'm the same way. This preacher once told me, he said, it's not the parts that I don't understand that bothers me. He says, it's the parts that I do understand that bothers me. Listen to me. If you read the Word of God and God uh, knows and sees your heart, God is going to show you the things you need to do in your life to get you motivated for heaven. It ought to motivate us to, to, to keep God's Word in our life. It ought to motivate us to worship God because we know that we have a place going to in heaven. You say, I don't understand it all. But I promise you this there is enough in here that you don't that you do understand that it will keep you busy for the rest of your life. If you just get a hold of it and start reading. We're living in a time that this book needs to be spread throughout this world, not not held back but it needs to be spread. And these people we need to tell the people you need to follow me in these last days because this is the word of God. And I believe we're living in the last days. I believe the judgment of God is going to be poured out in this world today. And God is coming, and this book will keep you from the wrath of God, if you can keep the book. Verse 11, says, He that's unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be uh, righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Now, what does he mean by that? What does it mean by that? When the Lord Jesus comes back, listen, get this. When the Lord Jesus comes back, you're not going to have time to get things right with God. When those clouds are split by and Jesus stepped out on the cloud, you're not going to have time to get your things right. You're not going to have time to say, hey, uh, I I need to get right with the Lord. When you die, there's no time for you to change what you were before you die. In, in, or, in order for you to change, you need to start now changing in what you see, what you believe, and how you take the word of God. Because when he comes back, there's no time. I know there's denominations tell you, hey, you can get prayed out of purgatory. There's no such place. I don't know how they can play you out of that because there ain't no such place. I, I understand they say you give enough money, the, 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 the elders can pray you out of hell. Me, there's nobody. The Bible says when a tree falleth, there shell, it lies. However you are in condition you are, you die in that condition. You die a saved person or you die a lost person. There's no in-between. That's what he's talking about. He's righteous, let him stay righteous. He's holy, let him stay holy. He's unrighteous, let him be unholy, unrighteous. He that's filthy, let him be unfeelty. Whenever, Whatever you are, when Christ comes back, it's said and done. Verse 18 says, For I testify to these, every man that hear the words of the prophecy of the book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in. Oh, my goodness. God will add the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written therein. That's, That's in strong language. And that's what God is saying. He said, keep this book. Heaven ought to motivate us to keep the book of God. It ought to keep the word of God. It ought to keep us to uh, worship God. And heaven is used as a motivation. I know it's a destination that we all are looking forward to that. But you know what? What keeps you wanting to go to heaven? What keeps you uh, uh, driving for heaven? Heaven ought to be a a motivation for us. And we're motivated by the word of God and by the worshiping God. Heaven is our motivation. To serve God. Verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. The Lord has a reward with him when you read about the heaven and the city of gold, what a wonderful place, and all the great things that God has prepared for us that we go there. He ought to motivate you to serve God. He ought to motivate you. He says, To give every man according to his works shall be. Now we're saved by grace. Don't get me wrong. We're saved by grace. We don't work to attain salvation. But after we're saved, God rewards us on how we serve him, the things that we do for him. For every one of us shall be uh, striving to do something for God. You say, hey, I, I don't understand that. But every one of us should strive to do something for God. Amen. Amen. We all should be striving to do something for God. Verse 14, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And he says, blessed are they that do his commandments. There are those that believe because we are living in a New Testament. New Testament, grace age. We don't have to keep the commandments of God. We don't have to keep the commandments of God. For we're saved by grace. You're right. For we're saved by grace. And we are living in by grace. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation have appeared unto all men, the Bible tells us. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and, and, and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In Romans chapter 13, uh, it, it, there's nine of the ten commandments listed in Romans chapter 13. If Jesus said, if We have keep me, you love me, keep my commandments. Blessed are they to do this commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. We ought to keep the commandments of God. He's saying that Jesus told us if you love him, you're going to keep commandments of Him. And you can't keep commandments if you don't know what the Word is. It goes back, what motivates you? The Word of God ought to motivate you. Serving God ought to motivate you. Worshiping God ought to motivate you. It ought to motivate you to keep your life clean. Verse 15, For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whatsoever liveth and maketh a lie, I, Jesus, sent mine angels and testifying you these things are in the church. These things are in the church today. God is saying when you are a member of a church, you've got to live your life clean. Amen. God's people ought to be different from what the world is. God's people ought to look different from what the world looks like. If you can mirror up with somebody that's not a Christian, somebody that's not living in church, and you stand beside them, they cannot tell anything different from you. You act like them. You walk with like them. You talk like them. Then something is wrong. But God says, my people are different. He said, you called us out of this world. You ought to live a clean life when you serve God it ought to motivate us to keep looking for Jesus keep looking for him verse 17 and the spirit and the bride said come let him that hear say come let him that thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely verse 20 he which testified these things said Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, Lord, come Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you all. Amen. At the end of the book, you find Jesus coming back. Heaven is our motivation, but it's also what keeps us looking forward and looking towards heaven for Jesus. We know what is going to happen, we know how it's going to happen, we know the things are going to happen, but are you looking? I, I heard a story. an old shipping vessel was out to sea, been out to sea for many months and uh fishing, and they were on the way back in uh, and as they was getting closer to the shoreline and to the docks, the captain of the a uh, 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 ship would take his binoculars and start looking out on the uh, docks, and he would start seeing some uh, wives, and he start calling out the men's name. I, I see your wife, and I, I see your wife, and I, I see your wife, and he called all these people's names out and collect closer. But there's one man's the name was not called. His name was not called. He gets off the ship and he runs home. He, he goes through the door, and his wife says. I've been waiting for you. And he hugs her and he's so little distance, a little sore with her. And she says, what's the problem? What's wrong? He says, you may have been waiting for me, but was you looking for me? Was you looking for me? We may be waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ and we sit and we go through the motions of church and we go sing the songs and we go through, but we're waiting, we're sitting waiting, Lord, but you know what? Maybe we ought to just start looking for him. Knowing that he's coming back soon, knowing he's on his way back, that it ought to motivate us to start looking more. Every now and then you ought to just take a glance up to heaven and say, is the day today, Lord? Is this the day you're coming back? Is this the day that I get to go to heaven? Is this the day that you, you make all the wrong right again in this world? Are you waiting or are you just looking? Are you waiting or are you just looking? What a wonderful thought, Heaven." not just a destination, but something that will motivate us every day. Do you get excited when you think about heaven? Amen. Amen. I, I'm closer to heaven today than I was yesterday. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to be a lot more closer tomorrow if he don't come back tonight. <laughs> it might be the midnight hour tonight he comes back. And we, We'll be just sitting here waiting instead of looking. Amen. Amen.